is the Woodstock Public Library's podcast, sponsored by the Friends of the Woodstock Public Library. And this is Bailey and Stephanie. <laughs> Today we're here with Kim Compton, who works at the McHenry County Conservation District. How long have you worked at the Conservation District, Kim? I have been there for 23 years, coming this June. I started as a summer camp counselor, mm -hmm. and I am now the Education and Visitor Center Services Coordinator. And why did you start working at McKinnon County Conservation District? How did you find that job? I found the job through a environmental job network posting, but I came out here with the idea that I didn't know much about it. I actually had to move out here for the position. And I honestly have to say, because I was coming from uh, Assateague Island, Virginia, mm -hmm. which was gorgeous and very remote, that as I started driving through Chicago, I thought, uh-oh. <laughs> what, have, what have I done? <laughs> but then I got to McHenry County, and I got to Glacial Park and to, to some of the lakes around and was passing Volo Bog, and I thought, wow, this is like a hidden treasure that people don't know about. And that's how I feel about it now, is that it may not be your big national park or your fancy, well-known destination, but we have some really beautiful nature areas right around our backyards. And there's surprisingly a lot of people who don't know about them, too. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times people come into the visitor center and say, we didn't know you were here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember there was a seasonal we worked with one year, and... They didn't know about it until they started working there. Right, so. right. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's uh, it's it's one of my goals to spread the word about all these great places that, mm -hmm. that uh, we have around here. So tell us a little bit about what you do at the Conservation District. So my job involves um, education in pretty much every form that we do. In the summertime, I am the, the camp director for the camps that are up at Glacial Park. I also do teach the school groups that come and visit. We also do scout programs and other youth groups and homeschool groups. I, we offer public programs. We offer special events. Uh, our big Festival of Sugar Maples is actually coming up this weekend. We are making maple syrup out at Coral Woods Conservation uh, Coral Woods. Area. Yeah. And can people just drop into that one? Yeah, that's that one is free and it is Saturday and Sunday. Uh, 10 to 3. Kim, okay. that's a program I'm excited about. <laughs> yeah. I love maple syrup. Oh, it's, it's so fun. It's fun, it's fun. And mm -hmm. it's, it's, I don't know, to me it's like the sign of spring yeah. at the end mm -hmm. of the long winter. You're like, oh, it's, it's coming. Mm -hmm. You know it's coming if the sap starts running, so. Well, and that one starts, it's got a historical component too, right? That is correct, because Native Americans made maple syrup, probably maple sugar, mm -hmm. um, for thousands of years. So we tell the story from then to now. Mm -hmm. And then you've got reenactors there, right? Right, yeah. Right. Yeah, so it's, it's, uh, it's a fun tour, and of course everybody at the end gets a taste. And that's pretty well attended. Don't you have a pretty big group that comes out for it? It, of course, depends on the weather. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I would say, like, a bad day is 150 people, and a good day we've had 1,000. That's a lot. There's public programs going on every single week of the year, there pretty is, much. Yeah. And so if you want to know more about those, I recommend either 
www.mccdistrict.org, mm -hmm. which has everything going on in the Conservation District on the website. Or you can call to request a copy of Landscapes, which mm -hmm. is our quarterly magazine that lists all the programs and has some articles about what mm -hmm. things are going on. And you get that free at your home if you like the hard copy magazine, or you can get it emailed to you as, as a mm -hmm. PDF file if you prefer to do it electronically. But some events that we have coming up are in April, we do an Earth Day event every oh, year. Yes. And uh, we do that in partnership with the Environmental Defenders of McHenry County and uh, McSee. It is at the Prairie View Education Center okay. on the east side of Crystal Lake off of 176 and Behan Road. Um, it's a fun event for the whole family because for adults, we have a bunch of demonstrators and vendors there that can talk to you about uh, a food co-op that's trying to organize in McHenry County or native plant sellers, um, uh, the coalition for bikes and trying to make safer bike lanes in the county, you know, all uh, environmentally friendly cleaners. There's those kinds of things for the adults to be able to walk around and find out more about. Mm -hmm. But then there's also all kinds of kids activities um, this year we actually have a Girl Scout group who are going to achieve their bronze award by doing some of the kids' activities. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And then we have live music. We have food trucks, including the ever-popular toasty cheese. <laughs> and we have puppet shows, hikes. And this year we're going to try an open mic oh. if anybody wants to come perform. That'll be nice. It's a yeah. huge mix of things for people Isn't to come it? to. And, yeah. and, and it's April. You've been you've been cooped up all, yeah. all winter, and you want to get out. We've been blessed the last couple years with just gorgeous weather. Um, it's 10 until 4, so it gives you almost all day to drop in. To drop in, exactly. Mm -hmm. And it is free. Yes. That seems like a good option <laughs> for people. Uh, and the summer camps, you want to tell us a little bit about those that are coming up this summer? We have a huge offering of summer camps now that aren't all in one location. Mm -hmm. We have uh, six weeks of summer camp and a week of preschool at Glacial Park, mm -hmm. which is north of McHenry, just south of Richmond on 31. And then we have um, six weeks of camp and a nature's preschool week at the Prairie View Education Center, which is east of Crystal Lake off of 176 and mm -hmm. Behan Road. And then... Um, well, actually, there's two more additional ones at the Prairie View Education Center this year as well. So we have camps for six-year-olds all the way through 15-year-olds. We have camps that are about just fishing. We have eco-explorer camps that do all kinds of nature-related recreation activities and learning. We have young explorers camp. We have a hunter safety camp now. Oh, that one's new, isn't it? That is new. We just did it last year for the first time. Huh. Uh, it filled up. Um, it's 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 a great way to teach kids the ethics and safety of hunting, um, since their parents are going to want to be taking them out with them and start showing them the ropes. We go ahead and uh, set them on the right path and actually give them the. A hunter safety certification card at the end. Oh wow, that's and nice. And we're pleased to see say everybody passed. <laughs> well, <So>. that's good. <laughs> uh, is there still a camp at Pleasant Valley? 
There is not. There's not. Um, we had we had difficulties running camps without a facility. Oh yeah, that was right. Um, I remember that. It, it just makes it a lot more difficult for the staff, um, but also for weather issues and that sort of thing. So that's why we now have the eight at Prairie View and the six at, mm-hmm. at Glacial Park. But yeah, Pleasant Valley is actually close to Woodstock. Culturally, um, it was used land. But then in the 1950s, it was purchased as an outdoor camp for inner-city youth from Chicago. And it ran for 40-some years as this camp. So there have been hundreds upon hundreds of kids who got to come from Chicago out to what at that time was even more remote than it is today and to experience nature for some of them for the very first time in their lives. And there's a lot of fond memories that have been told to us by former campers and former camp counselors. But they ended up ending the business in, in uh, the early 90s and then the conservation district purchased it in the year 2000, but we'd been purchasing property all around it since 94. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so the so Pleasant Valley now is over just over 2,000 acres, which is our second biggest conservation area in the county, and that means it has a lot of room for plant and wildlife communities and a lot of options for recreation as well. Mm -hmm. There's some good things to do there in the spring or in the summer at Pleasant Valley? Absolutely. Um, There's there's four and a half miles of trails. They are anywhere from fairly flat and Mm -hmm. even if you want an easier walk to a workout of a little bit of up and down terrain because it is glacial terrain there at Mm -hmm. at Pleasant Valley. There's also a uh, mile and a half of horse trail through the site that connects up with neighboring trails Mm -hmm. in the neighborhoods. There's a fishing pond um, that is stocked and has an aerator. Um, There's two picnic shelters and a gorgeous amphitheater and it's become a very popular place for weddings and is in fact, I think, usually booked every weekend in the fall for weddings. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. the um, We have to get our program reservations in really early, otherwise we get bumped by the, uh, <laughs> the, by the weddings. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But it's a gorgeous, gorgeous place. And even if that's not your goal there, just to go sit in the amphitheater for a moment and soak in the atmosphere of being surrounded by these gorgeous old oak trees, Mm -hmm. um, listening to the sounds because you're up on a hill, so you can kind of hear the wildlife, like the frogs that might be on the pond. You can hear the insects that are out in the prairie Mm -hmm. um, because there's high quality ecosystems throughout that 2000 acres. And what's really, really special about that is when you have that large of a site, the developed area that allows access and gives us all these great things to do there, it's very a small portion of the site. So the contiguous nature area is actually three miles from north to south and a mile and a half across from east to west. Oh, wow. So what that means is more of a remote wilderness experience for us, Mm -hmm. but even more importantly, it means 
no fragmentation for the wildlife and plant populations because when we get roads running through and cutting up our natural areas, mm -hmm. it's harder for survival of species both because of the dangers and because of the separation. Mm -hmm. So this is a really high quality site that has several endangered and threatened species in Illinois, um, like the American bittern, common moorhens, those are both birds, yellow-headed blackbirds. Also has the reptile Blanding's turtle, mm -hmm. which is endangered in Illinois, and fish too. I was gonna say the, the orange darter, right? Or is the, it the Iowa darter is the one that's found there. <laughs> I got there. part of it right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is an orange-throated darter. I don't think it's been spotted okay. there. Um, but the Kishwaukee River runs through Pleasant Valley. Mm -hmm. And so it's very, very high quality um, in that area. It's one of my favorite sites too. It's it's beautiful, and the you know the other thing too is that it's open all year. Mm -hmm. So in the winter time, um, snowshoeing on the trails. There are a couple of the trails are groomed for cross country skiing as well, and then we actually put in a solar lit trail. So while most of our parks are open from sunrise to sunset, this one and, and one other has a solar lit trail that stays open till nine o'clock at night from November through the end of March. Oh, wow. And even if there's not snow, you can go yeah. hike it. But if there is snow, we'll groom the trail and you can ski that solar lit trail. So kind of a neat experience oh, that's that way nice. too. Yeah. yeah. Is that trail closer to the entrance then or? It is, okay. yep. In fact, I believe that you park in that first parking lot where mm -hmm. it starts, and then they, they probably do have the other gates locked. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that doesn't mean you can't ski that whole trail. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, lots, lots of neat things to do and just a really important natural area right, right nearby. It's south of Woodstock on Pleasant Valley Road, south of, uh, south of 176. Yeah. On Dean, like at Dean Street in Pleasant Valley, it's not far from that mm -hmm. intersection. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about Kishwaukee Headwaters next? Yeah, because we have another site we that's do. not that's that. Even closer. It, that's even closer. Yeah. It is on Dean Street, um, just south of 14. Is that correct? Yeah, I think okay. so. Okay, I'm not looking at a map at the moment. Um, it's a smaller site. It's actually only 152 acres, but it's really important because it's the headwaters of the Kishwaukee River. So that means where the river originates. Mm -hmm. And one of our goals at the Conservation District in preserving natural areas and open spaces is as much contiguous land as possible and as much around watersheds as possible. Because mm -hmm. if we can keep our water sources clean, it helps everything else down the line. Mm -hmm. It's also kind of a neat spot. It has about a mile and a half trail, which I highly recommend in like July through September. It's prairie, wet prairie and sedge meadow. Mm -hmm. So you get some gorgeous blooming flowers at that time. Um, higher stuff than what we're used to in the woodlands. Yeah. Some taller flowers, different species, but beautiful nonetheless. And then it's also unique in that we actually have a intergovernmental agreement with the city of Woodstock, the environmental defenders of McHenry County, and um, what was once called the McHenry County Soil and Water Conservation District as part of purchasing more of that land so that we could all 
use it and the trails connect oh that's and nice. there's an office there yeah. that the defenders have and also uh I believe the soil and water has as well so yeah it worked out really well for everybody and that's another one that was the prairie restoration was started many many years ago and so you can see the benefits of mm-hmm. that because it's been able to develop into a, a solid, healthy ecosystem. Did we buy it a while ago? or to? Yeah, so we actually bought it much longer ago than we were able to open it up. Okay. But they did put in a, a nice-sized parking lot with a, even a school bus turnaround. And it has a picnic shelter as well mm-hmm. um, and some benches and, and like I said, the, the 1.5-mile trail. So it's, it's a nice spot to go for, for a relaxing afternoon and, and sit at the picnic shelter and listen to the birds chirping and the insects going or to take that hike and, and identify flowers. I believe there's also some geocaches there. Last time oh, I was there, cool. I met some folks that were looking for geocaches. So. Mm-hmm. so what are some of your favorite things to do at district sites in the spring and the summer? Spring and summer? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh, there's so much. So in in the spring, the wildflowers in the woodlands are amazing. And they have a very short life because they have to bloom, pollinate, and seed all before they get blocked from the sun by the leaves of the trees above them. Mm-hmm. So what that means is you can go for a walk in the woods in the end of March and see two, three types of early blooming flowers. And then you can go two weeks later and see five different types of blooming flowers. And then you can go two weeks later than that. And all the way through May, you'll see different flowers, mm-hmm. which is really exciting. So One when- site that we didn't mention is actually, I think it's called McConnell Woods, right? By Dewfield Pond? Yes, yes. the opposite side of Dewfield Pond. It has mm-hmm. a separate entrance on yeah. McConnell Road, I yeah, believe. Yeah, yeah. So also close by for, for Woodstock residents. That, I, ha- I have not witnessed the wildflowers, but it has the proper environment of a woodland that would have really good wildflowers. Mm-hmm. So that might be one to check out. Or if you're willing to drive a little farther, I think the best one in the county is Coral Woods Conservation Area, just south of Marengo. Yeah. Um, summertime, I love paddling, canoeing, kayaking. We now have a partnership with L.L. Bean at Lake Atwood. They are storing um, stand-up paddle boards there. Oh, are they? And we'll be offering regular classes um, and rentals there for that. Do they have? Do, have, do they have a building there to store them in? Yeah, they built a, a, a like a storage shed basically. Huh. Well, that's um, cool. So another agreement, uh, yeah. you know, that we made with a business to be able to offer more to the public for recreation that we may not have enough time mm-hmm. to do. So it it's going to work out well, I think. Yeah. Starting up this summer, so we'll see. But that allows for stand-up paddle boarding at Lake Atwood. Um, canoeing and kayaking is allowed on Lake Atwood as well. Mm-hmm. But if you want a really uh, fun experience on a river, the Nippersink Creek is excellent paddling. And it gives great views of the oh, Glacial yeah. Park, yeah. too, and yeah. the Cames. And Glacial Park is 3,000 acres, or just over 3,000 acres. Mm-hmm. So there again, you kind of get that like remote wilderness experience when you're out there. Well, and if you just do the first two stops, you're in Glacial Park for the entire length of the That's trip. correct. Seven mm-hmm. miles all within Glacial Park. Yes. Yep. So wh- when did the wildflowers start blooming? Do, you know, do we know yet when they'll start? Well, I mean, that's a good question because it depends each year. But the signs of spring that I have already seen 
and we are recording this on what February 28th yes, yes. we are we have red wing blackbirds back mm -hmm. sandhill cranes back the geese coming like crazy mm -hmm. um, so that usually means the thaw is coming and your earliest wildflowers are going to be your skunk cabbage yes. which are not people's favorite because they do, do smell, smell like, like skunk <laughs> but they're cool looking so those should be up any day now mm -hmm. and then i would say um we would look to late march for like the spring beauties and trillium are they over? those are later aren't they those are a little bit later yeah and then maybe very beginning of april for toothwort mm -hmm. trillium trout lily and then like i said just it changes every couple weeks from april through may so it won't be long it'll be soon yeah. Do you have any hot tips for birding? For birding? <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I also love birding. That is another one of my favorite outdoor activities. And, well, we have, we, we do get some visiting winter owls. I'm not sure they're still going to be here through the month of March, but sometimes they are. Glacial Park has had multiple short-eared owls at it, um, and they come out during the day, like right before sunset. The Nipperson Creek is actually... if. If you have a pair of binoculars that you don't mind bringing with you and that could get wet, <laughs> it's awesome for birding. We see bald eagles, we see endangered terns, we see uh, all kinds. Your woodland areas all throughout the county, McConnell Woods is probably good for it. Pleasant Valley for sure. You're gonna get in the summer the um, scarlet tanagers and the indigo buntings and the rosebreast all the beautifully colored songbirds what else you're you're gonna have the warblers moving through in april probably for many of our woodlands pleasant valley would be good for that kishwaukee headwaters um should be good for grassland birds i actually personally have not looked at a bird survey to see but it has the right ecology for some of our grassland birds like bobolinks and meadowlarks and dixisles birds that are on the decline and not all that common but that we have in several of the conservation areas so i'm going to ask you another question do you have a favorite story that's associated with working at the conservation district or even one that's associated with a particular site oh goodness <laughs> choices right okay so my my little stories are just the multiple memories of the kids that come out that haven't been Bailey mentioned there's mm -hmm. so many people who have never been to one of our sites and when they come out and they're like whoa this is really cool my absolute favorite phrase to hear from a uh, student is this is the best field trip Ever. Now, they probably throw that around quite a bit, <laughs> but it still makes you feel really good. And, and just that opportunity to be able to connect kids with nature, especially in a day and age when they're not doing it on their own as much, they're not doing it as often at school anymore, um, it's really important to be able to make that connection. As far as uh, like a single story of achievement or fun i do have okay i got one so i think uh i think my my favorite story that i was able to personally experience was at uh, an event that we do at lake atwood at the hollows conservation area and it's called paddle in the park 
and it's a great opportunity. It's in May every year, and it's a Saturday, and for $5, you get to go around and talk to all these different vendors and then actually rent a, with that $5 working for everybody, rent a paddleboard or a kayak or a canoe or last year they introduced these um, like stand-up parasailing thing type I'm not exactly sure what it was, but it looked cool. I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, I, I, do. <laughs> I haven't seen one before. <laughs> Maybe sailboarding? Is that what they I call it? I think it's it? called sailboarding. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, sailing's kind the of one like... way up in the air. And it was at Lake Atwood? And it was at Lake huh. Atwood. So I got called, well, I got notified ahead of time by a woman who was going to be bringing her patient who was blind and he wanted to learn how to canoe. And at first I was a little bit nervous. And, but I thought about how I would describe everything to him when he can't see me. Cause canoeing, to teach canoeing is very demonstrative, right? You show them how to do the proper paddle stroke. You show them how to get in the canoe. Mm-hmm. And so I had to change all of that. But when he was there, I was able to convey what I wanted to um, with him. And I had him show me if he was doing it right, if he understood correctly and everything. And we actually got him in a canoe on the water and he had the biggest smile on his face. And I, I think it's a good reminder to all of us that you don't just have to look at beautiful views in nature. There's the smells and the sounds. There's the experience of feeling the canoe floating on the water. Just so many ways to immerse yourself in nature and that it made him so happy. That, yeah. that was really, really special for me. What a cool experience he probably wouldn't have been able to have anywhere else too. It's possible, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. we we were we were really touched that he was that they called us to mm-hmm. ask, and then I was honored to to be able to provide that experience for him. Mm-hmm. Well, Bailey, you know more about this stuff than I do. I do. I just am told stories by my father <laughs> and his family's been around here forever farming. We always get weird stories that are associated with like little different like pockets of forest and all that kind of stuff. The um, Boger Bog, mm-hmm. which is in Bull Valley. And it's not a bog, it's a fen. But anyway, the gentleman who lived there, Fred Boger, he was a wonderful man, but very, very quirky. And he had, he was an architect mm-hmm. and he was also a collector. So he had all kinds of weird things on his property, including like a massive wooden Asian carved gate and then he had collected things from uh, the World's Fair in Chicago. He had cobblestones from that and also anyway there's all kinds of stuff and if if you talk to kids that grew up around that area he was like a living ghost. Is that stuff still there? Did they move it all? No. So when the conservation district purchased it from Fred, we found out all these interesting things about him, and he's not a bad man at all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just an interesting, reclusive man who Mm -hmm. didn't really associate with his neighbors. But a lot of that stuff was left on the property that we kind of thought it looked cool there and it's you know it has nature growing around it and over it Mm -hmm. now and everything but we also used some of the materials so like the picnic shelter that we built there the roof tiles are from um the chicago world expo 
And then the brick on the path is um, from cobblestone streets in Chicago. I didn't know that. That's, so that's one I haven't been to before. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So little tidbits. The conservation district isn't just about preserving nature. We're also about preserving our cultural history because we think that those two are intrinsically linked. Like you can't separate. Mm-hmm the fact that we are humans living here mm-hmm. and then knowing what it would have been like and what we want it to be like. So we have we have some cultural history things like that going on, like at Bogerbog or mm-hmm. um, there's a McConnell house, not on this McConnell, but up in Richmond on McConnell Road. There's the Powers Walker house mm-hmm. at Glacial Park, which is a restored historical home. So we think that part's important as well. And the cemetery in Glacial Park and all that stuff that we right those people that were there before. Yeah, the Thomas family, we think were there from about 1860-something. We know they were gone by 1872 because they're not on the plat map anymore by mm-hmm. then. Um, but uh, they, the Thomas family moved out there from New York and five of their children did not survive that short period of time that they lived there. And, it, you know, it was so much harder to, to make a living to survive in basically wilderness at that point. But they buried the five children under a large scarlet oak tree. And then there were survivors and they ended up moving to Minnesota. Now, sure how that would have been easier to survive (laughs) (laughs) during that time but they moved to minnesota right um and uh we had two gentlemen approach us i think it was around 94 95 Mm -hmm. and they said hey we are descendants of the thomases and we want you to try to help us find where our like great grandfather showed us they had been buried because there was nothing remaining to indicate Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. except this 300 year old scarlet oak tree which they were able to find and so the conservation district placed gravestones for the thomas children um, under that oak tree and those are there still today even though the tree's not there anymore it's still fun to see uh, yeah the tree got hit by lightning and as trees do i know as trees do. i know it, it lived a good long life it did you can still see it but. yeah when we we had to cut some so that it wouldn't crush the cemetery but we left the stump and a good portion of the mm-hmm. trunk so that you can still see how huge it was thank you so much for inviting me i greatly appreciate it and thank you for coming kim yes thank you absolutely. for coming out in your hectic day absolutely my pleasure it's good to speak with you all and uh i hope the uh residents and fans of Woodstock Public Library will check out some of these programs and events and some of the sites that are really aren't that far away. Mm -hmm. So 